back. Thank you for joining us. This is part four, Salt of the Streets, episode 125. Thank you for joining us again on our YouTube.com slash Salt of the Streets. We also have our Facebook, fuckfacebook.com slash Salt of the Streets, Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets, and of course our Patreon, patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets, where you can go there, become a patron, help us make more, better content like the book club, the beer shows, the newsletters that come out uh, the last day of the month, and the review previews that come out the first day of the month. Outside of that, we have our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. You can find all of this on saltofthestreets.com, including Swell Blended if you need a haircut, Location Skate Shop in downtown Bremerton if you need a skateboard, Lexi Kyle on Twitch if you want to watch some video games, and leggings and aprons in a few months if you need some baked goods. Mm. believe that is everything. So, I believe so. With that, part four, Ivan is going to talk to us about macroeconomics so i only have two questions i think before we're just gonna i think just let you go so the i'll just ask him to you both the first question is what is macroeconomics and then the second question would be what are your credentials so why should we believe what you are saying because obviously none of us none of the audience knows who you are yeah no problem so my uh First of all, uh, my credentials. I'm going to do last question first. Yep. Um, I this is why you should school. listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you should listen to me. Uh, you shouldn't listen to or hear what I have to say. There you go. But it's a good way to listen. What I'm going to do is, is I'm going to show you all the sources uh, that I am speaking from, um, so that you can do your own due diligence. Um, in case you don't believe anything that I'm going to say, because things are going to get a little bit outlandish. Um, my background is not in economics. It's not in policy, or it, I did uh, actually study environmental policy in, in college, Spanish and history. Uh, but the uh, finance side of things, I absolutely hated. So um, my uh, undergrad was in environmental history and policy, uh, uh, Spanish and history. Um, before you get going, where did you go to school, by the way, if you don't mind sharing, <laughs> just mostly out of curiosity. Yeah, I went to school, uh, at uh, central Iowa university oh. and I started my, my master's at Iowa state. Nice. Word. Iowa boy. Yeah. Well, uh, so because of title nine, uh, I was not allowed to wrestle in, uh, collegiate at the collegiate level because they got rid of wrestling in Washington state. Well, um, uh, a lot of interesting things happen with that, and I don't want to. I want st to stick to economics. We'll have you uh, back to talk about that. Yeah. Yes, that one is a very personal burn for me uh, because we'll it, make that a Patreon only segment. segment. You got to pay oh, for that one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Get behind the paywall, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, a lot of this is kind of come to me through my own research and uh, particularly over the ca uh, over the course of the past uh, two and a half years, particularly after the whole COVID shutdown. Um, you can ask uh, anyone in my family, Zeke, Marcus, or anyone, uh, right after that happened, it was a massive red flag to me that mm -hmm. something else was going on. Like we talked about before, uh, the uh, we we had the, uh, the show start. Uh, I don't believe anything that mainstream media uh, tells you. 
Uh, I, I honestly do believe that there's tons of red herrings out there and uh, look over here and then the real action is happening over here. Mm -hmm. um, so it made me want to dive into, you know, what really was going on. Um, the, the, and this is kind of my whole journey is, where, is how I'm going to kind of take you guys through this. It's a little bit scattered. It jumps back and forth. But at the same time, it's uh, how uh, it was my, uh, what, what's the word, uh, discovery cycle. So mm -hmm. this is how I discovered all of this information. And that's generally so, realistic and relatable to people. It doesn't usually come to you as a single solid flow. It's, it's you maneuvering and, and navigating life that gets you the experience that sends you down the paths we go. Right. And once you do have a, a, a certain vision of something, then it becomes a uh, something that you can't look away from. Mm -hmm. You always notice it thereafter, yeah. but you have to have your point of realization in order to to get that established. But um, so after I gradua uh, graduated uh, from central Iowa, there was no jobs in uh, 2012 because middle of the downturn. Right. Um, I went back to school, started uh, my master's in uh, uh uh, oh my gosh, business leadership, excuse me. Um, so that's what I had my, that's what I was doing my studying in. Didn't finish because I actually got hired by an ag chem company by the name of Adama, um, which is an Israeli company. Uh, it's sister company of Syngenta, which I'll get into here in a little bit if you guys have ever heard of Syngenta. Um, it's uh, it's definitely one that you should look into because it's a, it's a very big deal. Um, literally noted. <laughs> it's a, well, I'll, I'll get into it here in a second. So there's, so, uh, we got into the, oh, so I was hired after, uh, uh, a few months of going through this, uh, this, uh, process <clears throat> ended up in Triangle Park in North Carolina. And, um, there was. A whole huge learning curve because I didn't know ag chemicals. Uh, I didn't know I'm not a chemical engineer. Uh, didn't have any formal agronomy background or anything like that. I, we uh, Zeke and I were not from the ag community. Agronomy um, is the study of agriculture. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I've this is never like, heard that term before. We talk like uh, like fertilizers and uh, growing nutrients and and things like that. This is yeah. very new territory for me. Okay. And this is going to be very informative for you then. Good. I'm very excited. So a lot of people don't understand that uh, fertilizers, ag chemicals, seeds, uh, oh gosh, uh, growing techniques, uh, iron cellars, the, the John Deere's, the Case, the mm. Kubota, uh, New Holland, all of these major companies it's all being consolidated down. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard of Monsanto and all these sorts of companies, yes, right? Yes. Um, that's what, that was the negative press that got pulled into ag that everyone kind of, uh, pictures in their mind. Yeah. Um, Which is scary because it's always like a fraction of what the real problem is. Oh my gosh. That's exactly right. Great. And, and what, what compounds the problem is, is that no one understands where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything about it. You just know that you you're like Stacey Abrams here in Georgia, the crazy. You mean the the legitimately elected governor, right? Uh, I'm talking about the one who's running for governor, who yeah. thinks that all food comes from the store, and, <laughs> and 
she doesn't know why people, you know, why I think the the number, most of the, 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 the state's GDP comes from ag. She just thinks it's a bunch of gun-toting rednecks that like to drive around tractors in the South Georgia. It's like idiots. She's completely, yeah. completely clueless. That's why Anyways. you have a steak and a loaf of bread. That's right. That's right. So uh, once I got into Adama, uh, I, I slowly started to figure out why, uh, you know, what was what, how. Because when you're in school, you're you're completely solely taught that the the world is overpopulated uh there's not enough food there's not enough resources to go around and uh there's an incredible uh need need, there's no way to feed the world right Mm -hmm. uh and chemicals are bad fertilizers are bad x y and z and is this specifically like the ag uh you know uh higher ed community is that essentially what's being taught there oh my gosh yeah so they tell us too as the general public you know, I'm old. Remember, I barely yeah. learned how to count to four. All right. <laughs> they didn't teach me shit. Yeah. I mean, th- this sort of thing, it's uh, it's so pervasive in upper education, along with a, with a ton of uh, socialistic and quasi um, communistic ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's absolutely stupid. That's why I think I'm very ardently believe that upper education has been infiltrated by uh, extreme left the extreme left and is mm-hmm. is completely brainwashing uh generations of kids yeah. and that's you why you're seeing who james lindsay is then yeah what, what was that you know who james lindsay is then i would imagine actually i don't <gasps> okay. okay so write this down perfect james lindsay yeah james lindsay is the man and his podcast was called new discourses yep. much like yourself um, he's not from this field. He's a mathematician by trade, mm-hmm. but has been becoming incre- incredibly activated in the Marxist influence in upper education and all the way down through like K through 12. So he's talking all about this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've referenced this many times, the Marxist influence in upper education specifically, um, but also as, as I've had children um, and we know more people like Zeke that have had children like you that have children the influence in lower education as well becomes a, a big focus for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll like that. It's a, it's a, I definitely, I'm going to be looking him up shortly. Um, uh, and I think that there's a marked uh, reason for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to dive into the, the whole education side of things, yeah. but I will say uh, there is a book by the name of operation paperclip by Ann mm-hmm. Jacobson, uh, which it, she uh, was a huge, uh, she played a huge role in the Freedom of Information Act when the uh, post World War II uh, date hit, where they were. There's 50 years where they are allowed to keep classified certain information, mm-hmm. lock it up, and whatever. Anyway, so right when that date hit, she applied for all of that information, all of it, and she wrote three books on on what she found, and so it was terrifying. So uh, everything we know books. about operation paperclip now probably comes from her oh yeah oh probably through one form or another yeah. but it was uh the pentagon's brain uh, operation paperclip and surprise kill vanish um but operation paperclip is an amazing uh explains why uh there are marked tendencies towards 
communism and communism uh, communistic ideals in upper education because a lot of those uh, uh, professors, uh, scientists, and uh, people that were fleeing from uh, Germany during World War II uh, and illegally brought in by the government and placed in these positions, right? Uh, I.e., uh, the NASA. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys have heard about the, the, oh, guy, yeah. the, the oh, director yeah. of NASA, him being a, a, a straight up Nazi, oh, yeah. even with the dueling scar and everything. Like it's crazy. Um, anyways, uh, a lot of the fifties, sixties uh, professors in upper education were at, were truly honest to God Nazis, defectors, mm -hmm. yep. and people that were brought over from, by the United States government. Whole separate subject, sidestep. Sorry. Uh, so getting back into agriculture, there is, uh, a ton of, of top down buying. So there was been a bunch of, of smaller companies that went and bought another, right. And I'm sure that everyone, uh, has heard about Monsanto going through and, in, in class of, or, uh, patenting life, right. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the original patenting of life in the nineties the when, or I think it was even the eighties, 89, I think, uh, when. Monsanto went through, they patented a seed technology and they said, okay, this is our technology, right? It's no longer food. It is now technology, right? And then, uh, that led to this huge, just uh, explosion of, of, uh, buying. So once you can prove that your genetics are in something else, you can start buying certain, uh, certain other genetic traits, uh, properties and, and, uh, basically what ends has ended up happen, happening is you basically start buying up the food supply, right? So like the via whole, the genetic route, g via the genetics, via the genetics. It's like it's now Jurassic world type shit, the type of so seeds, it, except it's food. Yeah. I, except it's food. I read a book once, um, so I guess I want to ask you about this because I think it lends to what you're talking about. When I was still in high school, a book about Indian farmers killing themselves because they were growing a crop and their neighbor had Monsanto seeds and the seeds would blow over into their fields. And because they had not purchased the Monsanto seeds, they did not have the rights to own them. And they right. were found out, they were sued by the companies and then their whole livelihood went under and instead of doing whatever, having to take out more loans or whatever, they killed themselves. Jesus. There was like a huge rash of this happening. Is this, so this is like the same type of deal that you're talking about? Exactly the same. And wow. I'll go even one, one further. So in particular, uh, corn is one of the most promiscuous plants in, 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 uh, the, the plants in the commodity spectrum. It, I mean, it, it is very, very virulent. Uh, so if you have one male stock and, and a receptor on, in another field that doesn't belong to you, if that uh, a seed plasm ends up on that other tassel across the road over there, that is now owned by Monsanto. Your crop that you just planted that does not, didn't even need to have Monsanto seed, if it, if it mated with Monsanto uh, germplasm, it is now their crop because it's going to throw off uh, more of uh, their genetics, right? So anyways, we're getting, we're getting into it now. The, the whole craziness of this is Monsanto, 
Air, BASF, DuPont, which is now uh, Corteva, uh, and Syngenta. There's a handful of companies that are out there, and Pioneer, excuse did me, Pioneer. DuPont, I'm sorry, not to, did DuPont get bought out by Corteva, or did they just change their name? They, they merged. They so, merged uh, with DuPont, Corteva. Dow and DuPont merged, and they split up into a, a few different companies. So okay. Corteva is the agricultural side, and okay. I think that there's another one for Dow DuPont. Okay. Now, this is where stuff gets really crazy. So you're going to start seeing a lot of overlap here. Uh, Syngenta uh, so all of those companies work in specific commodity spectrums rice, wheat, corn soy, all sorts of stuff like that right now there's Syngenta that works in uh, vegetable seeds and fruit seeds right and then there's others that work in apples and mangoes and everything they've commoditized everything they bought it up and they're selling it they're, they're monetizing life right Syngenta or excuse me, my company, the one that I worked for, was owned by a, uh, it's called the Coors Group out of Israel. They sold the controlling rights to China. It was owned by the Chinese government. It is owned by the Chinese government now, but it, the Coors Group still has a minor interest in it. Okay. Aye, aye. Now, in 2017 or 18, I think it was 17, the Chinese government went and they bought Syngenta. Syngenta is the largest life patenting company in the, on the planet. They have a uh, chemical library of more than, I think it's like 2 million AIs. And the, an AI is an active ingredient for, for chemistry, right? And that you, that's the crop protection, the stuff that is, that's, uh, makes up insecticides, fungicides, herbicides, sterilants, everything like so, like all sorts of different stuff that you use to protect and protect crops right control the crops control control the crops growth inhibitors hormones the whole nine the whole nine yards because that's why people want monsanto seeds right or these or seeds from any of these various companies is because they have these different active ingredients in them that make them resistant to certain chemicals or bugs or make them grow bigger mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck right Right. So, but some so some of these seeds actually have these traits built into the into the seed itself. Right. And then some of them don't have it. They just have the chemistry that they put on top of it. Interesting. Right? Okay. Right. So Roundups. There's Roundup ready corn, for an example. So huh. so when you put Roundup on corn, it doesn't kill the corn, but it kills everything else all around it. Oh. Then there's okay. uh, IVs. There are not IVs. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the the terminology. It's an insect repellent. So whenever a, a mealworm bites into a corn stalk, it kills the mealworm, but it doesn't kill us when we eat it. But we still ingest it. It's really, it. Kind of crazy. It's really yeah, no, That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Chinese government bought uh, Syngenta, which owns the most life, most uh, vegetable seed technology in the whole world. It took them, I think, a little over a year for the SEC to approve it. Right, that they were based out of Basel, Switzerland. It was a ba it was a Swiss company, huge. Uh, I think it was the largest single buyout in in world history at that point. Good uh, lord! It went largely unnoticed. Uh, now, the reason why this was so crazy is because of what's going on right now. Uh, uh, food insecurities. Uh, 
China isn't able to feed its people or wasn't able to feed its people. They had huge famine problems. They didn't have access to these technologies. Right. <clears throat> so once uh, I switched companies uh, after working for them in Florida, I worked in, uh, I worked with tomatoes, peppers, uh, oh my gosh, everything, any, any tropical, subtropical, uh, vegetable, fruit that you can think of. What were you doing uh, with them? So I was consulting. I was actually selling chemicals, uh, some new chemicals that were coming onto the, onto the market. To I was farmers? working with farmers. So in particular, I was, had a, a nematicide. So before this, uh, there, or before this product that I was bring, helping bring to the market, there were fumigants. Uh, and what they used to do is they used to deep shank, uh, which means like there's a lar like large, uh, three foot long tines that were stuck into the, this really sandy loam soil okay. and they drag them across with the tractors. And at the end of the, at the tip there, it would release this, uh, this, uh, liquid that would turn into a gas and it would expand and kill anything. I mean, really, really noxious, noxious, horrible shit, like truly. Uh, one of the interesting parts of this is that that chemical, it was, a uh, uh, it's called telone, the biocide. It comes from a byproduct from the car industry from the manufacturing of the dashboard on your car, right? So they collect all of that and then they sell their trash to agriculture, right? They package uh. it, they brand it, they, and then they sell it for top dollar to, uh, to agriculture. What do you use right? it for? Like to just to clear it's a field? To, to completely sterilize the soil because there's, uh, there are nematodes, there are diseases, viruses, there's uh, fungus that all grow in these soils. So you have to, so dirt's dirty. Yeah. And you have to sterilize it before you actually start planting into the stuff. Oh, Otherwise, then you can the, grow shit in afterwards. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So I was selling this stuff that, that <laughs> completely does away with all of that. Okay. Whoa. Okay. All right. So we haven't even gotten into the finance side of things. This is still the, the food chain yeah, yeah. side of things. This so is why I became background, a Okay. Yep. So I was selling uh, a product that got rid of all this shit and uh, did really, really well, made a whole bunch of money, did, uh, I mean, did really well. Uh, after I, I was ready to uh, stop getting taken advantage of by my employer and taking advantage of like my willingness to, to work 24 seven, 365, you know, I was just going and getting it right. Uh, I didn't really note too much else that was going on in the company, except for a, a handful of things that still to this day, I don't understand how they knew what they were, what they knew, but, uh, so Adama was a multinational company. They had operations in every country in the entire world, everywhere. Uh, in 2017, the there they took a huge hit on their balance sheet enormous hit uh, and it was because of um the destabilization of the currency in argentina oh and i was sitting there and i didn't understand i was like well, you know why are, why are we concerned about the currency in argentina like how, why are we taking a hit for something like that didn't understand it it's uh, so i just kind of noted that and i you know carried on with my with my uh my duties and then, uh, when was it? In 2000 and it was 2000, it was 
2017, that same year, when the German Bundesbank uh, received their their payment from the uh, from the Fed uh, for all of their reserves. Another thing that I noted, I was like, why would the Bundesbank want their their gold back? Interesting. Carry on, right? So this is the Bundesbank and buying back their their gold from the Fed. They, they are taking possession of their gold. So post World War II, uh, a whole bunch of countries gave. Uh, I guess they did. Yeah, they gave their their gold to both the the Fed in New York and the LBMA and the uh, in London. So London. France to a small extent, and uh, in the Fed in, in New York, they had they're basically holding ev all of the world's gold, right? And a lot of people don't know this. That's why the U.S. dollar is the the world reserve currency. It's because we're holding all the gold. Our our dollars are as good as gold, right? This and this all changed. I'll I'll kind of dive mm -hmm. into this here in a little bit. So. I, this is just something that I, I noted. I was, thought this was really weird. Like, why the hell would Germany want their gold back, right? So I leave the company. I start working for a technology company. Um, uh, I take over as uh, the market development manager for a couple of new technologies. Uh, Trimble um, uh, navigation and GPSing and, and automation of, of tractors and stuff. Yeah, I Trimble so, a little bit. You do know Trimble? Yeah. Yeah, I work at land, land surveying and Trimble is definitely a big GPS company. So I, I did all of that. Uh, That's similar. We did right controllers. Um, uh, G, I mean, uh, land, not land leveling. That There was companies that did all the land leveling, but we did all of the uh, installations and management of the, uh, of the towers and everything. So... Um, and at point, it was when I was working at this company that I got put on a board and I got to figure out uh, like a commodities board and I was working with uh, the Young Growers Initiative in, in Florida. And we got small little peeks behind the curtain into what uh, what kind of shortages there would be, that what kind of uh, issues are going on, large and small. So, uh, so I'm sitting there and we're going through a... Uh, a bunch of these meetings i think it was in 2019 and there was uh, a meeting that we we're sitting in and they were talking about how uh, what was it it was the repo market blew up uh like there was a bunch of money that people that wasn't at uh at, at people's disposal that they needed right it, it was their money they had it in a bank and it it's my money was, and i want it now <laughs> yeah and, and it was just not accessible like and they needed this for the liquidity reasons so that they mm -hmm. could uh, you know bar uh, buy large amounts of of commodities or they could do their exchanges or whatever and it was just was not accept it was not available i sat there and i was like okay this it was a uh, september 2019 that's what it was september 2019. so i sit there and i was like oh that's kind of weird i wonder why the you know that something like that would be happening Again, I'm not a, a finance guy. I'm not uh, big into anything at this point. So I don't know the, the right questions to ask. We all know what happened in March 2020, right? G uh, the, the market takes an enormous shit. Everyone starts freaking out. No one's working, right? 
I'm sitting there and I'm going, hmm, I wonder if these things are fucking related. So you can ask Zeke. I mean, I was sitting here and right away, my parents and everyone got on a, on a big phone call and we were all sitting there and we're like, oh, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, hmm, this is, uh, this is really fucking fishy. This is really, there's something really bad going on right now. <clears throat> what I come to find out is that, when was it? It was, uh, let me get it in my notes here. Uh, it was, oh, uh, I watched a video from uh, Finance, uh, Liberty and Finance, where they were talking about the Basel III Accords and, and gold. And I was sitting there and I was just like, I wonder what this is all about. And I don't know, have you guys ever heard about the, the Basel III initiative? Basel III? No. Basel is, so member Syngenta is from Basel, Switzerland. Okay. And I didn't put these together until much, much later. But the Basel III Accords is uh, basically reclassified gold as a tier one, uh, as a tier one asset, which means that it, it was a tier three asset, which means that you can only put 60% or 70% of its value on your balance sheet, right? Okay. Uh, if you're a bank and you're holding it. So mm -hmm. what everyone was doing was, is they were lending out their gold like crazy because they, it didn't do them any good because they, because they could only hold 60 or 70% on their balance sheet, yeah. right? So with this new initiative, they were now able to hold one for one for one. Gold is now a, is a, uh, is basically as good as, uh, money in the bank, mm -hmm. right? Which so, is essentially a 25% or so increase at the very least, right? Exactly, exactly. So now there's no uh, there's no reason for these banks to be lending out this gold anymore. Yeah. And I got thinking, I was like, well, hold on a second. Didn't Germany just take back their gold? And then I, and then I did some, some really simple Googling, right? You know, why did they pull back their gold? And then I found out that in... 2011, the United States did not allow, uh, did not allow the Bundesbank to go in and uh, get an audit, make sure that their gold was there. Right? Interesting. The reason why they asked for repatriation was because it, they told the, uh, the Bundesbank that it would take seven years for them to get their gold back. Now, why in the world would the Bundesbank, or why would why in the world would the Fed take seven years to give someone else their gold that you're holding in trust? Right. right? Uh, Remember, if you have it on hand, stuff. why can't I have it right now? Yep. All times. Bernie made off that shit. Right. So right after 2011 happened, they freaked out. They said, "We want our fucking gold back," and the United States went fucking like ultra silent, you know, no problems, nothing is going on here, no smoke and mirrors, right? Yep. You remember that 20 bucks I lent you last month? Can I can I get that back? Uh, spend it. Right, right. And when I, uh, what also I ended up finding out thereafter is that the year before this, uh, it was, uh, boom, back. Uh, Hugo Tra Hugo Chavez in uh, in Venezuela mm -hmm. did the same thing. He asked for eighty percent of his gold. 
and they fought him on it for five years. They fought him and drugged their feet. And I was saying, hmm, that's fucking weird. Why would they be so hesitant to give people their, their, their gold back? Very interesting. And then in 2017, guess who else asked for their gold back? The whole rest of the fucking world. <laughs> Venezuela, Turkey, Austria, Poland, Netherlands, France. Everyone freaked the fuck out. They're like, where the fuck is our gold? And this Basel III initiative, making uh, gold one-to-one -one on people's balance sheet, and re uh, basically getting rid of the arbitrage opportunity for the rehypothecation of of gold so you can lend gold out and you can make a return on it right now there's no more uh, opportunity there's no more arbitrage there so now everyone is taking their gold back yeah because if it's a one-to-one -one, there's no room for anybody to make money so you just you get it back exactly so the so the whole world is now sitting here going where the fuck's our money and it's been taking a long time for us to to present it now this takes you down rabbit hole number one. Why gold? Why is this important? Okay. What do you, what do you, let me ask you guys a question. What do you know about gold? Uh, not shit. And I always, I'm glad you're talking about this because every time anyone talks about the end of the world, I struggle. I struggle to understand why gold matters at all. Mm. Uh, unless there still is a monetary system for us to be involved in. I struggle to understand why gold matters to me at all. Cause that's, I told you, I bought bullets. Bullets seems like it bullets and food seems like a better idea to me than gold. So tell mm -hmm. me about gold. What do you know about You're gold? You're going to learn today, bud. Yeah, right. Like I, and I've never really thought about this until now, but like, I'm trying to think we have a, a contemporary utilitarian use for gold in electronics. Okay. That's, right. that's a checkbox, but that's not going to do anybody any good if the world falls to shit. So why would we care about that? Um, other than the fact that it's just, it's like through antiquity, gold has always kind of been a thing. And I don't, I'm, I'm asking myself why, why were there gold Cicerstes and why, why did a lot of people like put their little fucking, dictator stamp or their emperor stamp on a little slab of gold it's a soft metal it's malleable like i but but i don't truly understand other than the fact that it's just a random commodity that has demand and generally right. has always had some kind of demand why right. why is any commodity essentially have demand food makes sense it's that precious metals i don't why i don't other than like contemporary industrial uses that Literally don't matter if shit hits the fan because what are you going to do? Smelt it in your backyard? No, it, it's not going to put food on the table. Like, why is gold so important, Ivan? Yeah, no. So th these are questions that I, I'm being so serious when I say this. Before uh, COVID, I didn't know anything about gold and I didn't care about it. And I'm very much like you guys. But what I come to find is that it's it's five thousand years of of trust. Mm -hmm. So what we've been remember when we started out this conversation it was a recency bias, right? Yeah, and uh, complacency. So that is another string that you can pull for, through this conversation. It's before the U.S. dollar, there was gold. 
mm-hmm. was silver. That's it was the the end of the line. It was the ultimate payment of something. That's why they had the the, the gold back note, the mm-hmm. the silver back note, because it was heavy to carry around. So you gave you a piece of paper, right? Yeah. And over time, they uh, they being the government slowly tried to pull these important commodities out of circulation, right? Yeah. And they were successful by when to, in 2007 or in uh, 1971, Nixon closed the, the gold window. Yeah. What was, what was significant about this now? And so gave them control. Yeah. To, it gave them exactly. So post world war two, there was the, uh, the Bretton Woods agreement, which said that, uh, because the United States was a, an enormous benefactor, huge benefactor as far as uh, who got paid what, because we only uh, made shit for people when they paid us in gold. So we had a, a gold hoard that was you know 50 times larger than the next country in the whole world. We had 28 ton or 28,000 tons of gold post World War II. Oh gosh, so had, <laughs> that's kind of like when Fort had, Knox became like a thing, right? That's why they made a James right. Bond movie about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, so this, I mean, this is an enormous uh, advantage that we had. So we had all of the gold. We're holding all the fucking chips, right? And the rest of the world says, hey, you know, you're holding all of our fucking money. We, like, granted, we gave it to you. We got what we, what we asked for, but uh, we need some sort of something to, to build on. We need, uh, we need something to build our, build our countries back with. And we said, instead of going with a Keynesian economics uh, system that they wanted, we went with a U.S.-based Bretton Woods gold-back system where our, our money was as good as gold. So if you, you or so what we said to the whole world is you use our currency and at any point in, in the life cycle of whatever, you can exchange our dollars for good or for gold. Yep. And everyone was okay with that. They you said, get you your gold what? back as long as you pay us in our currency. Exactly. I know where exactly. this is going. Oh, right. So we're going down this whole freaking rabbit hole. And what ended up happening was uh, Charles de Gaulle of France. He started this this whole movement in the '60s, where he was like, "Fuck you guys!" Uh, the uh, the the president of France. Uh, the president? No, no, no. Yeah, the president of France. Okay. He called out the United States when in uh, the war that was going on, the Vietnam War. Mm, yes. We were going through, and we were freaking, we had enormous deficits. We were printing money like crazy, and he's going, hey, you don't have enough gold in the vault to back your actions over here in, in Vietnam. Shh. I called bullshit. So he started ripping gold out of our vaults by the ton, by the ton, and everyone else started doing the exact same thing. So everyone's sitting there saying, bullshit, America. You don't have that much gold. So they started ripping it all out. And in 1971, uh, Nixon closed the, the gold window. Right? What does that mean? What that means that he no long, we, we defaulted on our promise to give, uh, give gold $4. Okay. So, so that window is no longer an option. So what ends up happening? All of that money that we were secretly printing to fund the war in, in Vietnam right. all came home. We had an enormous stagflationary cycle in, in the, the uh, 70s and 80s right. where all that money started flooding back. 
and we were sitting there and we were panicking because the cost of everything exploded. Yeah. I mean, we used to be able, I mean, you guys probably have talked to your grandparents about how you, they were sent to a, a gas station with a can of gas, the gas a, a quarter and a can of gas. And you're able to get, you know, a Snickers bar, uh, a Coke and a, and a gallon of gas for a quarter. Right. Yeah. And then what ended up happening? Inflation, like yeah. crazy. We had crazy inflation in the seventies. Now this is where the rubber really kind of hits the road. We we're, so, and we are this close to being at those levels. Just as yeah. to bring everybody back to reality. That was the last time inflation was as bad as it's ever gotten. And we are this close to being right there again. So this last month we had a print of eight point five. The last time we had an eight point five percent print was in nineteen eighty one. Whew. 1981 and people and that's just argue the, that's just the uh the what do they call it the consumer index base right the consumer price in the cpi yeah. which is like an amalgamation argue. of a various amount of consumer products and this and that and it's got it's an average of that particular inflation yep. and how they calculated cpi back in the day which was a true representation of consumer price index is what people actually use mm. right the, the costs of you and me to uh, live a uh, fulfilled life right uh, fuel uh, rent food all of these sorts of things right now what's ended up happening is is in order to uh, not suppress agenda uh, but uh, in order to depict what politicians want you to believe they have pulled things out of the CPI calculation ie, Fuel costs mm -hmm. and food costs, right? Those two major costs have been pulled out of the CPI, which are the largest contributors of inflation. So now we get this doled down uh, uh, number index, which is that 8.5. Which is when still high this, as fuck. We're still high as fuck. Yes. Super fucking high. Yep. Without those two things, my eggs have gone up more than eight point five fucking percent. I'll tell you that much. Because right there's now. only there's only uh, is there individual commodities in the CPI? Because I've seen like bacon and shit like that is in there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so they, they called it hedonic adjustments. So they argued this in the uh, in the eighties. They said, okay, well, if steak goes up, people are just going to not eat so much steak. They're just going to buy chicken. It's like no bullshit. Yeah, these are the these are the points. Everyone is going with. Everyone agreed. Oh, these are okay. Okay. Yeah. So these if, are, if 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 beef is hitting a twenty percent, they'll pull it out of the CPI because it's going to throw the okay. average off. It's going to throw the curve. Okay. But in reality, people are still going to buy that fucking steak unless they literally cannot afford it. Which, exactly. thanks to credit cards, is not a thing anymore. So right. do they and, pull things out and and replace them? Just kind of whatever For works sure. at the time yeah. you remember okay. when used cars were a really big topic like they had yes. jumped like 30 yes. percent. and well that's you know that's that's what's really affecting the majority of inflation is this one commodity that's a really so high spike things but, like that in there yes oh so no you can fucking shit so you can you can all the cart that shit Ooh, to okay. fit whatever narrative right. you feel like okay so they're so the government is literally cooking the fucking books and they're writing checks that they can't cash with our money right so they're and the rest sitting of the world's money from the sound of it. It is. the So before this, it was the world's money. Mm -hmm. But once we close the window, so I'll get into all that here in a that second. That makes sense. So, so, so they're cooking the books, right? And everyone is realizing, oh, fuck. We are in so much shit right now because we just, 
we just financed a war that we can't that we can't you know foot the bill yeah okay so nixon closes the the gold window in 71 we're getting massive inflation everyone's freaking out have you guys heard of henry kissinger yes okay i've heard a lot of bad things about henry kissinger a lot of a lot of my uh the people i i watch on a regular basis today have a problem with henry kissinger so Henry Kissinger was Nixon's, uh, he was a, an undersecretary to finance or something or other. I forget his exact position, but he was the mastermind of the petrodollar. Mm. So at the time we were sitting there and we were, uh, there was a handful of countries, Saudi Arabia, uh, Qatar, uh, and, a, and a handful of other uh, Middle Eastern countries that were um, uh, running the whole oil game, yeah. right? Henry went out to Saudi Arabia, talked to the the, the crown prince, and and said, "Listen, you're selling you're selling oil for uh, ten dollars a barrel. We want you to sell it for fifty dollars a barrel." And he goes, hmm, "No, like uh, that doesn't make sense. Something's yeah, something's a little weird here. Why would you want me to raise my prices? Uh, you're trying to put me out of business, yeah. right?" Yeah. What kind and of dumbass am I? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to raise my prices 500% overnight. Fuck you. That's dumb. Right. That's dumb, right? So Henry uh, gets gets uh, this brilliant idea, and he says, raise your prices 500%, and what we will do is we will back you guys. We will protect you, your business, and the whole oil industry as long as you sell oil in dollars. Mm-hmm. He found out that the entire global economy runs on energy. Yeah. That's why oil has always been so important and will always be so important. That's why it's important right. today, right? Yep. He struck a 30-year deal for for protection of uh, the uh, Saudi Arabia in 74. In 74. Okay. In 74. <laughs> Let me see here. So... He, he said that he was only going to sell uh, if they agreed to only sell oil in USD, then they could sell it for whatever they want. It made them stupid fucking rich. Yeah, everyone in the whole world had to go back to the dollar because they that was the only reason why that they or that's the only way that they could uh, uh, get. That's the only that's the only way that they could purchase oil was with mm-hmm. US dollars. This and is like a that, contemporary version of like cotton during the Civil War era. Right. Oil so. is the new cotton. You get in on this shit. Everybody's a part of this. I'm assuming this is where OPEC's coming from. Exactly. So we get into OPEC, right? So we protect Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia dictates prices, and ever in this this group of this monopoly, OPEC, uh, Nigeria, Qatar, uh, Iraq, uh, and a handful of other nations, almost set the price of oil, and they can fucking do whatever the fuck they want, yeah. right? And then we are making them stupid fucking filthy rich intentionally. Uh, now, I thought it was really interesting uh, when we sit when we sit there and we'd say we would defend you guys militarily, right? And there's always these like little noxious like background uh, comments that always get made by presidents. Oh, you know, our presence in Saudi Arabia, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard Trump sit there say... Uh, they're paying us for for defense. I was like, whoa! Defense? Are we what? basically fucking mercenaries here? 
Are we? Are, you're paying us for our military? That isn't how this fucking works. We're we're fighters of freedom. Yeah. Right. If we're gonna be the world police, let us police freedom at least. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. be mercs. Right. So, at this point, we have the petrodollar. Deflation decreases. It falls off a cliff. Oh, our currency stabilizes in mid '80s. Right. Uh, Paul Volcker raises interest rates to extraordinary highs never seen before in the world, 20-some percent. So now what you, there's a huge arbitrage opportunity for for citizens where they could take, uh, take their dollars, give them to lending institutions, get a high interest rate, and basically live off the, the, the interest, right? You haven't been able to do that since the 80s, mm -hmm. and th this is the reason why. Because it's a it's an extremely rare event. So, Ivan, so let me interject real quick. Um, you mentioned the name Paul Volcker. Can you yep. just give us a little background on who Paul Volcker is? So, Paul Volcker was the last uh, fiscally responsible uh, head of the uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, the last the man standing. He was the the last fiscally responsible one of them. Currently, the current sitter of the seat of the seat is uh, Jerome Powell, who's yeah. a fucking lunatic. Yep. And before him was Janet Yellen, and before her was uh, uh, Ben Bernanke, and then before him, yep. Alan, Alan Greenspan. Greenspan. Yeah. So Greenspan is for forever. He holds the fucking championship belt. You know, he freaking blew the most bubbles into our economy <laughs> and fucked up fucked us up we're still suffering from these from these bubbles currently the housing market the the bond market all of these things he fucked us up horribly mm -hmm. i'll get into all that here in a second yes so so we're we're looking at the uh petrodollar mm -hmm. and everyone is using our money so now we have to freaking print a shitload of money for everyone to use for for oil oil is the thing the lifeblood of the whole global economy now, everyone has a shitload of dollars, right? They're holding them in FX reserves. So their reserves are dollars. We have to print those dollars so that they have them. Those dollars are our tax money, right? So we have a shitload of liabilities out there in every country. Every country has billions and billions and billions of dollars. Most notably, Russia. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll get into this a little bit, but because a little of, bit. Because but. they have so much oil. Well, because they're selling their oil. Yeah, because they're they a producer a and a seller of it, right. which means they have to be paid in dollars because exactly. they're because of these fucks that we've been talking about. And so they have to right. be holding on to these dollars, which I could see the complication when the war begins, but that's right. later. Now, now, what a lot of people are, are not understanding about what the, the big deal in 2020, uh, 21, 20... Fuck. Oh, yeah. 2000. Oh, August 2021. Was Russia uh, wins the defense contract for, for Saudi Arabia. Right? Very innocuous. No one ever thinks anything of it. But that was the, the big turning point. So now Russia is defending Saudi Arabia. The largest oil producer in the world. Russia produces 30% of uh, or 10% of the global uh, uh, amount of oil that's out there. And now when the United States sat there and they froze Russia's FX reserves, which means that they are no longer allowed to use dollars. That was effectively America defaulting on their obligation to pay bonds, right? 
So we have defaulted for the second time. First time was on gold. Second time was on oil. Right. Second time America has defaulted. It's because Russia takes control. If oh, sorry, if we, I'm just trying to like comprehend this, right? Because when we, we, you know, we cut off Russia's, you know, selling of oil to the world, right? Right. That means that we cut off, like we owe them money at that point because they're we still selling money. oil. And if the whole world is agreed that we're we're only buying and selling oil in dollars. Right. The, the the trade of oil didn't necessarily stop. The payments for the oil stopped. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, as a, you know, like a business owner, you're not going to stop work on a project just because they're like 30 days overdue on a bill. You're going to keep going and then you'll get paid. For right. for Russia, they're going to keep pumping. They're going to keep billing. They're going to keep billing their clients for the oil that they're selling, anticipating right. they will get money. And then the U.S. says, actually, we're not going to pay you. Right, we're not going to pay you, and and this is and this being the second time that we have defaulted on our obligations for for payment, right? And effectively, what ended up happening happening after that was, uh, Putin said, "Fine, you can." So there's so many ramifications of this. One being we we have changed uh, property laws. You know, we have made. I mean, the world just watched. Uh, you know, Biden steal money from Russia, and now it's okay. No one's talking about that. Mm -hmm. It's all right. And two, Russia went and said, okay, we are going to peg the ruble to gold. So yep. we saw it plummet after we after the sanctions. It explodes back up right. after the peg, yeah. right? We talked about this briefly before. And he severed the link. He didn't sever it. He said he... he uh, said it would now be negotiable there's no longer a floor of five thousand rubles per per gram now it's negotiable right? mm -hmm. which means basically it's a it's a severing so this this whole thought process can uh, can be led into basically everything oil is the lifeblood but in every other commodity spectrum we talked about minerals we talked about we talked about food mm -hmm. we talked about uh energy i mean we're talking about the, the basis of life. Everything that everyone needs, the stuff. Yep. Food, water, and power. It's, it's. I mean, it's hard to, to really kind of grasp the, the gravity of all this because literally everything, copper, aluminum, zinc, cobalt, ev all of it, all of it is now in question. That's. I don't know if you guys happened to, to notice the, the nickel market two weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I personally Martin. didn't notice, but I, I heard a couple of people talk about it um, when it happened. Yes. They were like joking around like, well, let's just buy a bunch of nickels because now the the metal that it's made of is worth more than the actual nickel itself. A nickel is worth eight cents now. Fuck. I remember when we did this with the penny, man. We're crawling up. That's what the penny is worth right now. Wait till the dime takes the dive. You know, that ain't going to be too long. The one thing the dime's I mean, got going is it's, it's tiny. Is a penny worth more than a cent now? Yes. It's yeah. worth, so you so when it was made of just copper, it was actually worth three cents yeah. to one penny. But now it's all zinc, now that right? it's made mostly now zinc it's, with a copper coating. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Zinc is actually just about so. I, this got me into the whole commodity thought process two years ago, and I've been just I've been a freaking hound dog on com, on commodities like you would not fucking believe. This bleeds into the short selling. A conversation about GameStop and selling what you don't own, shorting things, but also 
the whole world is shorting commodities, which is why nickel did what it did. When you sell something that you don't own, you have to buy it back. Mm-hmm. And if the price goes up, then you have to buy it at a higher price. And basically what ends up happening is you create this negative feedback loop. The more that people buy, the higher that it goes. Mm-hmm. You have to pay that back. You have to buy that. Yeah. You're obligated to buy that. Right? So the same thing happened to GameStop. The same thing happened to AMC. The same thing happened to everything. It's because we are living in a fake, manufactured, top-down, centralized economy. Like people don't fucking get this. Yeah. When you can short stocks, when you can short commodities, when you can short the basis of life, when you can short food. Like, I'm not joking. You can short wheat. You can't, like, the, it doesn't make sense. But you Shorting can. wheat right now yeah. doesn't seem like a bad investment. Because we know there's going to be less next year. Right. Right. And people are doing it. But going back to the nickel example, you have to buy that. The people had to buy that back. There was a 2% short position on wheat, on nickel. Now, there is a, a huge short on, on zinc currently, the penny. Mm-hmm. Huge. I think it's like 5%. So when the nickel exploded, it went from, uh, from $20,000 uh, per ton to three hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars per ton and so when that so when that happens you you tell your citizenry there's a national coin shortage so make sure that you pay with exact change why is everybody asking about the coin shortage because it's a fucking because one day because it was it was just one day that they're like hey there's a coin shortage we don't have enough coinage even though no one wants coins and every time you have enough of them, you take them to Coinstar anyway. Or if you're really smart, you take them to your bank and you have them rolled out and you have them exchanged. Because no one fucking wants change. No. It's not like people keep forever enormous jars of change. They get a jar of change and they turn it in and they get rid of it. So and this then is, you get more change and you get the fuck rid of it. So And this is tied to so this is tied to just the ooh. the commodity known as zinc. So this and is nickel. This and is nickel. Yeah. Zinc, nickel, copper gold. Silver, copper, all of it, aluminum. I'm talking, dude. I'm talking about everything. I'm not joking. I'm t- when, yeah. I, when you dive down this rabbit hole, you do any sort of research on commodities, you find out that people, companies, individuals, speculators, everyone is shorting something in in the thought process they can buy it back at a cheaper price. It oh. is fucking terrifying. And then you and then you add on top of this, we just printed. 80% of the total number of dollars that were ever, ever in existence, ever right. in existence. So there's more money out there. The prices of commodities are going up. Joe Biden told me we stuff. took money out of the deficit. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then and that's another thing. The the deficit. It's so I'll, <laughs> the, in uh, Janet Yellen's speech, uh, I forget which when it was, but it was in 2017. I forget where she was at. She talked about how the the United States was at risk of of catastrophic failure, which means basically the, the the whole country imploding in on itself because of the national debt. What did she do? She went and she fucking printed more money. And now she is also of the Treasury Secretary. That's yes, right. and she's also of the economic theory that as long as GDP stays above your interest rate, then you'll be fine forever. Regardless of what your interest rate is, as long as you keep that GDP up, however you have to do it, it will be fine. Which obviously doesn't make any fucking sense. No. It's called modern monetary theory. Mm -hmm. MMT. Just be ahead of your bills and you're good. Just print more than you owe and you'll be fine. 
Because you'll always be just ahead of the, th the curve. Right. According to modern monetary theory, MMT, you are, uh, as long as your debt to income ratio is not, doesn't exceed like 105 or something like that, there's a, there's a point. There is a point on this, on the scale and it's above 100 and you can make your payments and you can, you can move money around and you can make shit work, right? Right now, currently we are at 120, 128, 129. And I found out that every country in the history of the world has always collapsed once it hit 120%. Well, yeah, so the, at some point, it's got to be yeah. inevitable at that point. You know, if you hit 120%, it's, it's over. Right. You know, we're at 128, 129, and we're talking about printing fucking more money. Uh, hey, I'm an accelerationist, so I say let the printer, let the printing press go burr. Let's just burn right. this MF or down and we'll start over again. Right. So oh, going back to, to, so, I mean, everything is going up. People are freaking out. Yep. There's nothing that can, can bring stable. Have you guys ever seen Rick and Morty? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Okay. So Rick and Morty, there's an episode in there where they're on that alien, uh, the, the mosquito or uh, fly planet where, where Rick goes out, I'll fuck you guys up, and he changes all the zeros to, or all the ones to zero. Yeah. Yes, done. That's exactly what we're talking about right, right now. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we were or tied we'll, to gold, you couldn't necessarily do that. You couldn't do that exactly. So tying this back to the gold, gold, gold argument, you need something that is stable, right? That is that doesn't have a, a whole bunch of uses in in industry so you do, so you don't use it up on things mm -hmm. it needs to so that's why gold <laughs> yeah. because there is no use to because it. it's kind of useless but it's shiny and pretty but you can say that but it's valuable it's so, so it's the peg it's the stability that everyone is after it's so in it of itself it is payment it is the ultimate payment only yeah. because there's everything. a finite amount of it that's Bingo. really the the big draw is just that there's a finite amount of it yeah. and you can you can mine more of it but at the end of the day there still will be a finite amount of it Especially right. if we continue to make electronics and shit. Right. Ooh, and that's the whole, and, and that's the whole argument for Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. It's that There's you a can track amount. it. There's a finite amount. It's fungible. It's liquid. It, it's transferable. It's all of People these things. People believe in it. Generally. People believe in it. Yeah. Right. And and here we are with gold, and everyone for five thousand years, everyone always runs back to it, and yep. this is the reason why it's because it is the stability. It is the true ultimate payment, the the final payment. Mm -hmm. In Article, uh, it's one hundred point one in uh, in the U.S. Constitution. It states, and I don't know how they got around this. There's theories to it. It states that gold and silver is the is the the only thing that can be used for for payments of services and debt. The only thing, right? So if, Gold and silver, it is explicitly stated in our constitution that gold and silver is it. And that's how America is trying to fuck Russia by saying if you want to pay your debts, you have to pay it off. That's how the whole the world economic system is trying to fuck Russia by, by saying if you want to pay your debts, you have to pay it in dollars. Yeah. And so let me ask you this, and it's okay if you don't know this because I'm, I'm just thinking now, right? Because they backed their ruble and gold and... They were told by the world banks that you had to pay your debts off in dollars. If they can prove that a ruble by being backed in gold is worth more than a dollar, do they then have justification to say, fuck you, why can't I pay it back in rubles? Because my shit's worth more than yours anyway. 
Especially so, if the dollar has been destabilized as the petrodollar, like you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that's they were given. Uh, Putin actually gave the ultimatum. He said, "Listen, you can use rubles or you can pay in gold." He actually gave the option. Either way, he wins. Yeah. Why? It destabilizes the whole West, all of the Western countries, all of them. All because none the of dollar. them have their fucking gold. We lent all of our gold out. God knows where it is. Like a bunch of fools. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Canada doesn't have their gold. You're, uh, the London doesn't have their gold. I guarantee we don't. Yeah. I mean, they're selling I mean, that's it to everyday people for for a profit. They're selling it out in little chips in private. They've sold, they gave it to private companies like Acre Gold and shit that you can buy an ounce of gold over the internet for X yeah. amount of dollars and they send it to your house. Listen it's, to a conservative podcast and get your gold because they have the people. connections. That's how that's who they sold all the gold to is crazy people. Oh, people, well, people they thought or, were crazy or smart people. Yeah, people well, they thought were crazy. Yeah. It's it's people that know the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. It's people that, that, that know what ultimate payment is. And what I found, so can I share my screen really quick? Yeah. Okay. I think we can figure this out. Because we should be able to share it, and then we'll watch it live. Okay. Watch stream. Let's see it. Boom skis. We're in it. Yeah. All right. So this, the, this is. Oh, I love charts and graphs. Okay, so you have uh, I mentioned that the the Basel III Accords uh, made uh, gold one to one with uh, for value on balance sheets, right? Okay. And just out of uh, curiosity, I heard someone talking about the the BIS. The BIS is the Bank of International Settlements, which is the central bank's central bank. Mm -hmm. It is the top dog yeah. in the whole world when it comes to mo uh, money. Yep. The Bank of London, the, you know, the, the Fed, they all essentially they all run through them. Okay. They all run to these guys. So yep. the, P the shareholders in the Fed, because the Fed is a private institution, uh, just for everyone right. else that's watching, there are people that actually own the fed right. it's a private institution same thing for the bis there are individuals in the whole fucking world these are the the real fucking oligarchs the people who own everything they are the shareholders of the bis oh i hate now, everything so much now look at what is it uh where is the total balance at the end of the year land building and equipment so this is like a uh, an assets report of the bis yes okay exactly so this is uh their cash on hand their transfers expenditures uh but where is net book my... value at the end of the year yeah see that's fucked up because the net book value is not the actual asset okay. value so Notice that everything here is is price in SDRs. Will you right? zoom in just like a just a little bit for us? Yeah. Just boom. That's there perfect. we go. Okay. So notice that everything is is priced in SDRs. SDRs is the uh, IMF's uh, fake made up currency. It's uh, it stands for Sp special drawing right. <laughs> right. And they give this a shit is, for cryptocurrencies, how, motherfuckers. Come on. And this is this is how crazy this shit is. This stuff was made back in the 80s by Janet Yellen and her fucking cronies. 
This is just made up fucking money that is just it's backed by no one and nothing. It's just to right? standardize things for their own math. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it has value according to whatever. I, I, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent up on so whatever it. they All say. I know it's is worth. Like, yeah. It's basically yeah. the central banks probably the central banks. The com- the the collective of central banks that run through the BIS use that specific currency because otherwise, what are we looking at here? Like we're looking at like sixteen digits numbers running left and right. I mean, they got to dumb oh, yeah. it down at some point. We just call it the shit. SDR, right? Damn, in okay. millions. Exactly, exactly. <sighs> so they price all this stuff in SDR. That's their money, and. If you, where is it at? I think there is a better point. I'll zoom back here in here in a second. Let's see gold swaps, gold equities, uh, gold forwards. Oh my gosh, where'd it go? Like oh, the Vikings go. didn't know what the fuck they had when they had gold, but they wanted it. Like yeah. it's it's been around for so fucking long. God. So, and so I mentioned before that in uh, 2019, the, the repo market blew up, right? Mm-hmm. That was the, the liquidity for uh, the overnight lending liquidity. That precursor was the precursor to the, uh, the uh, March collapse in the market, right? Well, after that point, every, every single uh, central bank, because each country in the world has one, they all went on a buying spree of gold that has not been seen uh, in the past 60 years. Like it's, they bought more gold in in 2020 than they had in the past 60 years combined. Is what I'm trying to say. And if you look at their balance sheet right here, this is the the BIS. This is uh, the bank of of all central banks. Look at the, what they were holding in 2020. Thirty one thousand. I don't know if this is tons. That's that's millions. That's thirty-one thousand millions. SDR millions. Yes. SDR millions. And now they're sitting on this much. Another fucking ten thousand. Another ten thousand. Yeah. And because I was I was curious, I was like, hmm, this that can't be right. It, there's no way that they would be buying that much, or or that they have been able to accumulate that much. So I went back. This is, and just so that you guys know, I'm going to go all the way so that we're on page 166. The world government is buying gold. This is a single report from 2021. It's 223 pages. Right. I read the whole motherfucker. (laughs) Thank God for people like you, Ivan. Him and Larry. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get Ivan and Larry in a room together and have a lovely conversation. Just see where it goes. So God. this is the, the global <laughs> annual. This is the global financial annual report for 2020 and 2021. This is the global annual report for 2019 uh, to 2020. This is what their gold holdings in 19. It was seven percent of their total fucking balance sheet. That's ten. This is what it was in 2020. Not three percent. And when, when, when we are talking about trillions of dollars, that is a monstrous number. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm telling you guys is is that these motherfuckers have been accumulating gold like that hasn't been seen in in history ever. And this is the central bank's central bank. I I need to keep on stressing this. Why are they doing like, this? This is the biggest money in the whole fucking planet. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing that? They're shorting out why? the United States. They're short selling the United States. That's why. They're they're shorting out the United States. This is the, the this is the power shift from east or the shift from west to east 
they are because our all of the currencies in the world have been destabilized we're going to end up seeing massive run uh runs on gold mm -hmm. and hold on i think there's some other things i wanted to show you uh this is oh so this is the davos agenda oh yeah we want to get our back. friends the world economic forum yeah you will own and nothing so, and be happy and you will be happy uh, this is how much it costs to get into the, the Davos. So it is open to the public. But 71 grand. 71, 71 grand to get a fucking ticket at the table. And then on top of that... To hear them tell you they're going to take your life? <laughs> it's even worse than that. If you want a ticket to, to these special meetings where they talk about economic, uh, like you're, major macroeconomics... You're a strategic half a partner. Dollars. Half a million dollars! And this is just to get in. Then you have to buy five tickets for $19,000 a piece. So bringing five people costs $622,000 to go to the brunch of colleagues or to, to bring a bunch of colleagues. Bro. All I'm saying, we oh, could hold a brunch, God. bro, and we'll charge half that and we'll be set for life. It's fine. We'll just we'll, we'll get Ivan up on Discord and we'll get Larry up on Discord. We'll charge people a quarter million dollars and we're the new Davos. Right. Well, th and this is the, the crazy thing that I'm, I'm trying to kind of draw between all of this is that they want the, the elevation to say, hey, you, you can come to these meetings. You know, we made this public knowledge. Everyone can go. It's like, no, you fucking, no we one can go to this told you that this was happening yeah. right. in Davos. We told you that this, exactly. And these are annual meetings. These are annual meetings. Oh, God. Where they're sitting there and they're, <laughs> and they're telling people about S, uh, the ESGs, right? This is where all of the, the climate... The ESGs and the SDRs. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well actually, I, the just, acronyms. just to interject for a second, I, we've used EFGs a lot yes. uh, throughout the day. I don't think we've ever kind of looked at them. Ivan, what is an ESG? Uh, ESG is in environmental safety something or other. Uh, it's basically a, a social credit score for companies, correct? Yeah, exactly. And they're it using is a, these for loans and shit now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, and oh and uh, isn't that <laughs> fucking crazy? Like I, I'm I. The thing that's <laughs> fucked up. I'm glad you're here because so much of this I've heard about in part. You know, different elements of this throughout different stories, but never like all at once. Because I do so many other things. You know, never have I taken the time to try and connect all of the various economic ties that i'm like oh yeah this is happening and i heard about this and <laughs> also this is happening soul crushing morosity <laughs> achieved well, and we're well, not done is, yet yeah you're not even close to done yet and this is the this is the truly like the depressing part of all of this is that it's it's all recency bias yeah gold is has always for the for all of human history been the ultimate payment and this is why I personally think that, that cryptocurrencies is a uh, they're they're a uh, what's it called a red herring. Mm -hmm. They are something to distract everyone while everyone is going for the gold. Fuck right? yeah! The hey, U.S. government is going to make a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Oh, oh. Look at the, it's even more this, tractable this than shiny. the dollar. Ding ding ding! You win the prize, buddy. Look at all this. Uh, this flashy thing over here while we while we grab all this stuff that's worth something. You don't need gold. Give us your gold. We'll give you this crypto because that's what all the kids are talking about nowadays. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. While well, old uh, man Ivan tells you to buy gold. I don't like this or, at all, bro. 
I don't like it's, this it's one terrifying. bit. Ooh, you remember the Larry Ivan debate is what that's going to be. Oh yeah. my god, that's going to be epic. Think about it. I mean, when was the last time that the United States government allowed? So, and I didn't even fucking talk about Gaddafi and oh yeah, and uh, yeah. so we put a Gaddafi. rifle up his ass because he switched over to the, he wanted to switch to gold. So we had his people impale him with a bayonet. Also, exactly. rape and, him and with rape a bayonet. Him. Because, all because he wanted to sell oil for gold. What we do to people that go against the United States when it comes yep. to our currency. The and then what is going on with, with uh, the cryptocurrencies? I don't know. Right. Why aren't they going through and why aren't they impaling people and dragging behind their cars? Yeah. It begs the question. Why are legitimate governments adopting a cryptocurrency? Point of order. Point of order. Point of order here. Uh, do we know who actually made Bitcoin? Uh, Nobody. There's a guy's name that everyone has. It's not, it's not a real dude. Not, Nobody knows. Not a real dude. But those, that's the guy they've collectively yeah. assumed has is the creator of of Bitcoin. So yeah. no, and, and, not, not with certainty. I, I've, been, I've been mentioned that to me, and then that got my mind going like, this has to be another fucking uh a cia Satoshi or something like that I, right like another another cia operation being done on an international level right and that, so that, and this was that's being implemented on us yeah well the right. worst thing about it when you satoshi really think about nakamoto it, yeah satoshi nakamoto used by the presumed pseudonymous 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 person or persons who developed bitcoin authored the bitcoin white paper and created and deployed bitcoin's original reference implementation we have a better idea who fucking Q is than we know who fucking Satoshi Nakamura yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, HBO did a documentary on that. I we, know. We, we definitely know who Q is. <laughs> we, we know who made Ethereum and mm -hmm. every other cryptocurrency. Right, because they're Why basing on shit the... on that. Yeah. Right. I, w I would think that... Many people have or have been claimed to be Nakamura. I'm sorry. I would imagine it's... Yes. I mean, if you were worried about... A global, you know, currency destabilization because everyone's tied to the dollar. And so if the, if the U.S. falls, the dollar falls, then you create a backstop that you can eventually invest in. And if you're, if you're lucky enough, you put that, that cryptocurrency out there for long enough for it to stabilize so that when you do default on your own currency, there is less catastrophic damage because you have a relatively stable finite uh, you know uh, 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 it's a place to have a soft landing we'll put it that way right. nakamoto right. owns between 750,000 and 11 million or 1.1 million bitcoin as of november 2021 that puts his net worth at up to 73 billion us dollars which would make him the 15th richest person in the world so if we knew who he was he still don't have shit on musk what you're saying <laughs> well so you can even to Ivan's point, just to run with it, right? Mm -hmm. What it's what it sounds like is you could even take a small fraction of that gold and use that as that seven hundred and fifty thousand or one point one million Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and it's only and what we all say as like one of the talking points of Bitcoin is you know enough people have faith in it, it's only going to drop to X point. But yeah. it's only going to drop to X point if you have X amount of gold invested in it that is the baseline of whatever. Does that make sense? It, it, it 
follows, I think. The base value of Bitcoin is going to be whatever the base value is of the amount of gold that you have invested in that market. Yeah. Which fools people into a perceived legitimacy of that market, which leads governments and whatever into buy into it if they're not involved in this World Economic Forum thing. Yeah. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I think so. Because if you essentially think of it as similar as the U.S. dollar being a fiat currency and people's faith behind it, there's enough people that own enough Bitcoin that have enough faith in that market. It it definitely tracks. I mean, they got fucking massive worldwide conventions to go and meet at these crypto concurrencies. Happens and, in Miami every year, Bitcoin conference, yeah. whatever. That just happened like yeah. last week, right? And there's Zuby was there and shit. Yeah, that's right. Zuby was there with his smile and taking pictures with everybody. Does that make sense to you, Ivan? Does that? No, uh, that makes a lot of sense, and it it makes a lot of sense for for companies to get behind this that have a ton a ton of reserves mm-hmm. right so much reserves that they would be able to buy up the all of the the global uh, reserves of gold with what's on their balance sheet mm-hmm. so they need something they need to create something to place their value in right that you follow so if you had if you were Apple and you had $200 billion sitting in a bank account, right? If you were to buy $200 billion worth of gold, that would be, uh, I think that it's 3%, 4% of all of the gold ever mined in in history. It doesn't make sense, right? So you need to create something. So when when the dollar collapses, and like you brought it up, a, a fiat money never in the history of ever has a fiat dollar or has a, a fiat currency te- stand the test of time. They've mm-hmm. all crashed and burned, all yep. of them, ever. Yeah, why should the dollar be any different? The dollar will not be any different. Because yep. it's just so it's just perceived legitimacy. It, exactly. It is perceived legit, legitimacy. And everyone is sitting here, all of these people that are in the know, that understand what money is, that's why they're backing it. It's because this is the only way for them to keep what they have when the dollar falls. And it still begs the question, why the fuck gold, man? It, it right. just, it's just historically, that's it's the not commodity. Going anywhere because you can't do anything with it, especially if the world falls, falls apart. You're not yeah. going to make an electronics anymore, so you can't do anything with it other than right. use it to buy shit. Yeah, and it's the same. Like they didn't have electronics back in the Roman era, but it was gold coins. That's so weird. It's it's weird because it? I guess I can't say that it's weird. It it just it would be only weird if people bit. didn't use it. Confuses me a little bit because it's the reverse of what I've always thought is why would you want it? Because you can't do anything with it. And you're saying you want it because you can't do anything with it. Which you want it because solid. that is, it's, it is a placeholder of value. It is your, so if you were to and freeze your labor. That. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, so have you, have you ever heard the, uh, the theory of currency? No. So it, it, it's, it literally states that, uh, in order to freeze your labor, to, to freeze your uh, your value, when people were just trading goods for goods, right? right? And if you had chickens and I had oranges and you wanted my oranges, but I didn't want your chickens, then 
then there's a, a problem there. Yeah, fuck so your there chickens, needed to bro. Be a, there, there needs to be a placeholder there so that I will accept uh, uh, some sort of medium. Yeah. And that thing has always and will always be gold and silver. Because the less Whatever. useful... The, because the more useful gold becomes, almost the the like the the greater the value drop. It'll because, be gone one day. Well, yeah, because if if it's a consumable, first of all, yeah, it's obviously going to be cheapened to some point because you're you're finiting down. It's going to be incorporated into a separate product, and that price can't you know throw over the rest of the product. You know, if you use one ounce of gold building a brand new computer and the price of gold per ounce is like $1,500, plus the rest of the other shit that you got to do and the labor costs and all this, now you got a computer that you that you can't sell because it's unaffordable. So it would bring the price exactly. of that overall commodity down. Whereas if it is as neutral as possible, then the value is about as stable as it could get barring a massive societal default in its perceived value. And if it's or, never really been perceived to drop and being worth nothing, then society is much less apt to value it less. And it, gold is gold is gold. The Vikings wanted it. The Catholics wanted it. Everybody has always wanted gold, even when they couldn't do shit with it. Right. Begs the question why. Right. Neutrality. And I, I challenge you guys to go through and look up all of the, the central banks. And how much they've been accumulating over the past 15 years. I have a feeling I'm not going to like the answer. It is terrifying. Yeah. Because this tells you, this tells me, mm -hmm. and it should raise some very, very large questions to everyone, uh, that they know and have known for a very long time that this was going to happen. That's why the book... Uh, the Changing World Order by uh, Ray Dalio is so it's so uh, incredibly useful because he states in there he's I mean he's been he knew that this is, was going to happen a long time ago in two thousand I think it was two thousand four he said that that we were on a crash course with complete and total disaster mm -hmm. he's, he's he has it in a book it's in writing from that long ago I mean people that are in these circles they know what's going to happen. We're just fucking riders on the bus. And they want something that is going to distract everyone from the real value. Gold is meant for kings and states. Silver is the people's money. Yeah. That's that's the, the, the saying. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, especially when you when you think about, like, the crown jewels and the, the jewelry that monarchs used to sport and, I mean, kings and rulers and emperors over, you know, all throughout antiquity. It was like you're... You're gold and bejeweled. I mean, that that's where the value truly lied was in, you know, right. how much treasure the kingdom could acquire. Accumulate. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's that's like where that. the golden rule comes from. Yeah. He who has the gold makes the rules. Guess who has all of the gold in the world? Um, Global banks. Most. <laughs> the, the China, Central, China and Russia. And Russia. Great. India. <laughs> and India. In India. Which explains why... At this point in time, we find the, those three of them right being strange bedfellows. It's it, it, these are the these are the correlations that you have to draw between everything, yeah. and this is why I told everyone early on it was just a gut feeling that I had that all of this uh, COVID bullshit. It's it was it's so manufactured and fake 
and you have Bill Gates coming through and saying that there's going to be a pandemic, you know, I think it was like 18 months before COVID actually happened. Yeah. You know, he's sitting there and he's telling everyone that there's going to be some sort of super communicable disease that's going around. And he's telling people at these conferences at Davos that this shit's going to happen. God like damn Davos folks. Bull fucking shit. Right? Yeah. Like, this is a completely manufactured situation. There is something out there that is causing people to get sick and they're dying. Yes. But this whole situation was manufactured and it was based on the 100-year theory of, of uh, pandemics. Mm-hmm. First, you had the Black Plague in the 17, uh, 1650s, 1750s were, or, or excuse me, uh, the 1620s. Then you had the 1720s with cholera. Then you had uh, or the plague, cholera, uh, the Spanish flu in the, the 1920s, and now this. And it's every 100 years. Every 100 years, there's this mm. uh, a large pandemic. And based on, on this cycle pushed this thing out that it was very believable and it felt perfectly in line with the fourth turning with yep. this uh uh with that strauss how generational theory and you know all I this mean, with all of it yeah all of it because it's easy enough it's, to look through i mean just a general glance at antiquity and you could build a general timeline to between 180 years there's going to be a massive you know global conflict and why would it not be based around currency when historically it always has been? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, why would today be any different? Yeah. It's all about who owns the fucking gold. Who has the gold? God, I'm about to become Ian real quick, bro. I'm telling you, I'm going to grow my hair really out. I'm going to be a hippie. I'm going to talk about graphene a lot. It is crazy, man. <sighs> it really, truly is. Like, it's this is, and to me, being a, uh, being a, Oh my gosh, a contrarian is what it's called. Mm-hmm. You go, to, so I invest a ton of money in in markets, and the thing that you need to invest in is the thing that everyone hates and is not talking about. What people are not talking about is energy, oil, gas, the commodities. They're starting to because they're starting to see it go parabolic with all this stuff, mm-hmm. and gold. Why? Yeah. Because there's Bitcoin to talk about. There's there's other things. There's more sexy things that are out there. That means that all of the the money flows are over here on one side at one extreme, and they're going to flow back, at least to equilibrium, if not farther. Man, I cannot wait till five or four today because like I've been watching a lot of Attack on Titan, and there's so many parallels to this. I can't even I can't even begin. <laughs> you're gonna watch this fucking show after this because you're gonna be like, how am I not watching this? It's because this, it, it, okay, before I dive down that rabbit hole, let me ask you a question. Okay. When it comes to currencies, right, essentially, what the picture we've been building at this point is everything has always been and, and will continue ever forth being reliant on gold, these, these kind of useless precious metals. What, in your mind, use your imagination if you can um like what would be a better more neutral way to like base a currency on like what is something that could work at this point i mean because we need a currency to 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 run a capitalist system we need a, a a relatively easy and mathematically 
correctable um, formulation. We need some kind of commodity that we can base how we do every day buying and selling and trading and loaning and this, that, and the other thing. If, if, if gold is, if gold is so full of conflict for lack of a better term, is there another way we could do economics without some kind of finite useless bullshit? Well, and see, that's a very interesting uh, point because whole basis behind Bitcoin is that it's a it's a ledger mm -hmm. where you where everyone uh, transacts and there's a list yeah. of transactions on it, right? The blockchain and it, the blockchain. Yeah, yeah. We still can't find the people that are holding like companies at ransom and they need Bitcoin or they need some kind of crypto or something like that. We can't find them yet, but. But the ledger exists. The ledger exists. So the and, and another thing to this whole gold argument is that there is no counterparty risk, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you have, if you're in possession of the gold, then there is no other counterparty that says that you don't have it because you're physically holding it, right? Yeah. Um, with the blockchain, the the ba the backing to the blockchain itself, the the ledger, is energy. Yeah. It's an energy contract, right? You have to have energy to run the blockchain. If there's no this power, the, it doesn't the, exist. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a constant draw on the system. So this is what the argument that that Elon Musk was making. Yeah. He was saying that uh, when you mine gold or you mine commodities or you mine whatever, right, and you're extracting it, refining it, turning it into an ultimate product, that energy is sunk, and then you never have to sink it again. Yeah, you get a return on your investment. You invest a lot of money getting your gold, but you will get your money back. Oh fuck! Because right. <laughs> well, it's just like as as you're talking, I'm just sitting here thinking, um, like Bitcoin is even more like gold than I thought gold was. Because if it's truly only useful if there is still, like you were saying, electricity electricity and yeah. <laughs> some type of economy for it to be used in because if the world really goes to shit and there's no electricity then bitcoin really doesn't mean shit yeah. even less shit than i thought gold meant one emp it bro means, fixes the whole thing you are the holder of counterparty risk you are the holder of counterparty risk not the nothing else yeah. that's the terrifying part of this oh, and guess so what we are short stupid. right now and that's what we are that's what we're talking about here we're talking about energy russia's holding the keys to all of the energy right yep. they have all the oil the natural gas the the uranium dude this and is the, the terrifying gold. part oh fuck yeah buddy <laughs> and the uranium that's important too because if if we want to pursue nuclear energy we need fucking uranium right dude this is what people don't they don't think about these things yep. like the and this is and people are talking about fucking emp attacks and if we truly do get into a world war it ain't gonna be waged with nukes It'll be it'll be something like that that shuts the power Cyber down. Cyber attacks that they're talking about and shit. Ooh, Dude. ooh, son, <laughs> ooh, son. Told you, Dude. crushing morosity, bro. That's what you come here for. Dude, it's it, in this. It's all about counterparty risk. Mm -hmm. All of these countries around the world had counterparty risk because liability. Of, they trusted the United States to hold their gold, and what did the United States do? They sold it. They lent it out. They gave it away. They didn't have it, right? I feel like America is like the creator of like the white collar crime, and of Assholes. course, yeah. we're the ones that 
yeah, 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 we'll hold the whole world's gold. It's not a big deal. And we'll Bernie made off your ass. My bad. Yeah. Right. Come at me, bro. We still have the <laughs> best weapons. Exactly. That's not and, a good way to live, dude. No. And, and I mean, we're going to, I mean, this is just one section of, I mean, I started yes. getting into the food side of things, but like this was uh, the meat and potatoes, but I mean, there's a whole agricultural side of this thing as well that we didn't even touch on. Yeah. It's nuts. It, like this thing all folds in on itself. And what we've created is, is this like seven layer cake of bullshit that at the very, so uh, that's the Exeter. Hold on. Uh, let me see if I have it. Uh, Tom, uh, John Exeter is the guy's name. He was the uh, the central uh, central bank uh, head before Volcker, Paul Volcker. Mm-hmm. He has a, it, you can look it up sometime. It's called the Exeter Pyramid. And this was back in like the, the 30s and 40s. They were talking about how, uh, I mean, the guy said that as soon as we left the gold standard, he basically saw everything. He knew mm-hmm. exactly how this entire thing was going to end. And he made his pyramid. It's called the Exeter Pyramid. And at the very base of it is gold. And then on top of it, in set in like layers, is the U.S. dollars. It's the treasuries and bonds and then uh, derivatives. And then you get the, the very fucking top where there's quadrillions of, of, of notional dollars of liabilities. And, and I mean, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, you have the all of this shit that we don't have the money to pay back to the people that have paid into it. Right, the money's gone. Yeah, and it when this thing collapses, the only thing at the base of the pyramid, the bedrock of our financial system, the center of the financial universe, is gold, and we don't have it. Uh, I wish I would have listened to like Glenn Beck back in the day when I had some spending money, and he was telling me to buy like all sorts of gold at the time on Fox News. Yeah, I know. Well, let me ask you this: I know a lot of people in my own personal life that. You know, are are essentially priced out of the market of gold because, let's face it, that's for kings and governments to participate in. Um, so they got into the silver market. Silver seems like it's essentially generally like a second-class citizen to everything we've been talking about today, but it's still going to be around. If gold is going to be the king, silver is queen, and if the plebs need currency, they... De- they default to silver. Um, silver and gold essentially seems relatively safe right now. So uh, I guess I'm just having a hard time processing everything that just happened. That was. <laughs> well, think about this. So I mentioned that all commodities are at all time highs. Yes. All of them. All of them. Every single one of them. And they're stupid at fucking or corn. very close to, including gold. Yep. It's either at an all-time high or very close to it. Guess which ones are not? The precious metals. Silver, yep. platinum. Platinum. Gold is at gold is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that. It's because people believe in silver. Yeah. It was the it was the pocket change of the pleb in America. It's still in circulation now. You can yeah. you can't find it readily anymore, but it's still out there. It's been regarded as a form of money and store of value for more than four thousand years. Ugh. And guess what? This is another pocket change argument, isn't it? Yeah. 
nickel is exploding. The penny already exploded, but before these two things, silver. Yep. And I would have you a feeling have... that you know things, especially if the USD de essentially defaults. You know, the penny and the nickel and stuff aren't going to be worth anything other than the the raw materials they're made with. Which is more than elemental they were value before anyway. Yes, the elemental exactly. value. Oh, buddy, I feel real good Stop about life right now. Stop paying an exact change. <laughs> yeah. Only pay with paper money. And Do not round up. Get coins back. Yeah. Say, can I have as much change <laughs> as you will give me? Oh, I'm looking at my change jar and it's woefully underfilled. I can sand the copper off the outside of that penny. <laughs> and it'll be worth money. Ooh, that's fucked. Oh, buddy. I, yeah, Ivan, I would love to get you and Larry Dixon on here to talk about this stuff. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, they know each other. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. We're to school together. You people and your Central Kids app. I don't. Yeah, you're the. I don't recognize here. nobody. Yeah. I lived up here with the fucking the redneck blue collar folk. All right, I'm a working man. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. No working class people in Bremerton. Hey, Amen. Right? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. What's the most expensive building in Bremerton? The city hall. So that makes people that's, not working. That's class? correct. What are you by the way, about? I'm just saying, governments, governments, they <laughs> oh, own all the money. Bell. Oh, Taco Bell. <laughs> where the most money has been spent yeah and still i don't fuck with taco bell <laughs> oh my god all right so this is i'm looking at the uh the live stream we're saying 638 i think i think this is a good time to wrap up the official live stream of the show yeah are there any closing notes that you have for us ivan any uh, suggestions yeah how the how do i not end up on the popular side of things when shit hits the fan here all i gotta say is the best thing that you could possibly do is educate yourself i want everyone in this in this forum you guys included everyone that's watching this i want you to, to go and pick up ray dalio's book and read it because you'll get a a window into what's going to happen and just just as a reference point Dalio made his billions of dollars in the derivative notional markets. So he is not a, I mean, he, he's not in a commodity guy. He mm -hmm. has never made a dime on, on gold and silver, but he knows the history. He's done the studying and there's a, there, there's hundreds of people that are out. I mean, millions of people that are out there that all agree with him, but gives a very 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 compelling argument for everything that i'm talking about right now well i am certainly adding that to the amazon list i'm actually going to see if it's on audible first because i generally can run through the fuck on an audiobook and i takes me a while to finish a book book because i am uh undereducated i guess <laughs> make sure that you uh that you wear a diaper when you read it because you're going to shit your pants thank you so much ivan <laughs> You filled me. You have filled me with so much hope today. But realistically, um, you know, our, all sarcasm aside, this has been. Um, it, and I'm I'm not going to assume obviously that you're the end all be all here. But you've given me so many more avenues of things to go pursue. Um, you know, like you like you said, I like the way you put that. Where you said, you know, your only advice is to educate yourself. And I I fully stand by that message. And I'm going to continue to educate myself on this. 
I'm going to, I'm definitely buying that uh, Ray Dahlia. Is that how you say his name? Dahlia. Ray Dahlia. Yeah, Dahlia. I'm going to buy that book. I've got uh, a couple more on order, I think, after this conversation. And uh, I, for one, am incredibly thankful for just essentially having you come into my brain right now with the crowbar, crack it open and say, hey, think about this. (laughs) Sorry. No, no. <laughs> that is that is the greatest thing that I could have asked for. Are you kidding me? I somebody that has a, a problem with uh, finding a, an area that I don't know much about, and just going, I need to learn everything I possibly can about this subject. Let's dive in. I am very, very excited about the days to come, days, weeks, months to come, because I am going to just, I'm going right in. I've got a number of people that are involved in. We'll say this world or, uh, you know, careers that are adjacent to this and bring them into this conversation and, and to keep these conversations going and to build off of them. I'm very excited about that. So I, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on. It, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, Zeke, it's it's great to see your face, bro. You know, it's yeah, finally. You know, yeah, it's 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 been a long time coming. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> processing <laughs> processing <laughs> where's the, where's the sp- the spinning blue wheel of death <laughs> no that's a lot to think about I it is you. it's a a lot of that is the complete opposite of the way that i was thinking about a lot of stuff so. yeah it's good to have those you know i need somebody to come in there and be like hey i need you to think again about cryptocurrency i want you to think about the totality of this thing follow the gold trail yes i'm gonna i'm gonna pull i'm gonna see i watched uh my wife had a back injury earlier this week, so we actually sat on the couch one morning while she was, like, writhing in pain, and we were watching Disney movies, and the first one she put on was Alice in Wonderland. I found my white rabbit, and I'm going down the rabbit hole on this one. I'm I'm there. I don't even I want to end on that. That was perfect. I, I, mean, all, I mean, like I said, guys, the, the – I'm not saying that I'm an expert in this subject at all. I'm, I didn't even study this in, in school. This is just stuff that I found along the way. And I am open to, to new things and different opinions. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong on it. But all I know is, is that this is what I have found. Yeah. The plus side is if you're wrong, no real, no real harm. If if you're right, you have everything to gain. <laughs> yeah, no, and we're definitely going to bring you back soon, so that because I think the conversation between you and Larry would be extremely, oh yeah, interesting. Would be Holy extremely shit, that would be epic. interesting. Yes. So that's something I would very much like to organize. Larry also uses Signal, so I will probably I'll get him on the Discord. It'll be fine. Tie these things together to try and organize uh, a way for you guys to come on here together because yeah. I'm very interested in that conversation. Yeah, I need that in my life. Yes. So, um, unless you guys have anything else that you want to add onto this, uh, then I want to thank you both again for being here. Um, thank you everyone for watching this today. Everyone who's in the chat it was fantastic. YouTube.com slash salt of the streets, um, salt of the streets.com for all the information, patreon.com. Those are really the important things. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So thank you everyone. And thank you guys yeah. for being here today. Word. If you guys want to stick around for part five of four, you are more than welcome, but do not feel obligated. It has been almost a seven hour stretch. So we love you. Thanks for hanging out. Thank Everyone else. Asta.